just want to talk about a few things before we get going in the scripture. Um, it's just the reason I'm here is, is because of this book, the, the Bible. It's, this book has survived over you know, years and years and years. Emperors, kings have tried to kill it, get rid of it. It just doesn't happen. There's countries where it's still getting smuggled in and the word of Jesus Christ is getting spread throughout countries. Um, every word in this book is true. There are some people that believe it's not all true. I was one of them before I started reading, and I thought, well, this isn't true. You know, it was written by man. Um, maybe they messed this up, or I can do this. Even though it says you're not supposed to do this, I think I can do that. Yeah, right. Um, Timothy says, all Scripture is God-breathed, not some Scripture. All Scripture is God-breathed. That being said, you know, just say you get to heaven one day, and I really don't think this is going to happen. You're up in heaven, and, you know, God's going to say, oh, yeah, some of that stuff in the Old Testament wasn't true. (laughs) All that stuff Paul wrote about, Paul wrote about, nah. And that whole love your neighbor thing, you could have told him to go take a hike and stole his lawnmower. (laughs) I just, that's just what I believe anyways. Uh, Every word in here is just God-breathed. It's true. I just want to share a couple things with you, again, about me. The reason I'm up here, too, is is not only because of this book, is because of this church. We've been here around seven years. We're debating now if it was seven and a half or six and a half or seven, but um, it's been been a long time, and, and... God has really worked through this church to reach out to my wife and my kids and me. It's been, it's been amazingly fun. Um, I knew something was going on when we were at Hoover for quite a bit of time, and we were setting up chairs every Sunday. And um, I used to surf a lot, and I still do, but the older I get, I don't get out as much as I can. My body's kind of deteriorating. Um, came home one Sunday, and my wife's like, are you Okay. I'm like, yeah, why? She's like, the waves are great, and you're setting up this church thing, you know? You got chairs going out and setting up tables and drapes, and I don't know what, what's going on. Um, it all started with one of the first or second times we walked in. It was used to be the Way Church back then. It was at the Hilton. There's probably 75 or 100 people. We were sitting there, and I know you all know that when Jason preaches, sometimes he'll look at you, like, right? He'll stare into your face. Well, I was up front, and he just happened to look at me. And he said, look, if you've got any issues in your life that you want to change, or if you want to better your life, get into this word, read it. I challenge you to read it. So we started reading it, and I can say this with respect. We opened our house up, and we invited a couple of Jesus freaks into our house, Kim and Eric Bissonette. And every Wednesday night for about three years, we, we, they had a Bible study in our house. And one of the things I want to preach on tonight is John. That was the very first book. That, that we went through and studied, and um, Eric and Kim did an amazing job. I mean, so many neat things came out of that Bible study. Just an awesome time. So with that being said, let's go for it. Um, I've named this sermon, Growing Towards the Sun. just want to fill you in where we're at right now. Where we're at is this is the day after Jesus fed the 5,000 and it was actually about ten to 12,000 women, men, boys, and girls. So there was just a huge miracle. He fed all those people. So this is the next day. And uh, people in the crowd are saying, uh, when, they, 
when they, okay, here we go, number 25. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. You are looking for me, not because you saw the miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. In other words, what Jesus is saying, you're here because I fed you. I fed you. I got your bellies full. 27. Do not work for food that spoils, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which is the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, What must we do to do the works that God requires? Just listen to their question. They're asking him, they're asking Jesus, what must we do to do the work God requires? They are looking for ways to grow towards Jesus, towards God. Uh, not get, they were just, they were kind of frustrated. They're like, what do we have to do? And Jesus is saying, you know, you don't, you don't have to do all that. So um, this is one of the most... Frustrating times you'll ever hear Jesus. He actually gets a little frustrated in some of this. So they ask him, okay, so here we go, 29. Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one who he has sent. In other words, believe in me. A lot of people back then still didn't believe in Jesus. There's a lot of talk about him. Maybe he was just a Messiah. Maybe he wasn't the real son of God. They say, no, wait, we need works. We need something to do. What is this, the word of God, that we trust, that we rely, and that we believe? What's going on right now is very important. This is a moment of transitional truth from external to internal. They are thinking and doing and working, and Jesus introduces trusting. You just need to trust in me. I am who I say I am. 30. So they ask him, what miraculous signs then will you give me that we may need to see it and believe you? What will you do? Well, that's weird because yesterday he just fed all those people. That, that was a huge miracle. He just fed all those people. 31. Our forefathers ate the manna in the desert as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. 32, I tell you, I, Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth. It is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you true bread from heaven. Jesus is saying that the law did not give you that supernatural bread. It was love, and you think it was Moses in his 10 points of his to do list. You think that's what got you bread? Jesus, again, is telling them, it was the love that got you bread, but it is my Father who gives you true bread from heaven. He says, he says you want to talk about bread? I'd love to talk about bread. One of the reasons I fed you bread was to tell you about the true bread. In other words, he's like me, I am the true bread. Let's talk about bread. My Father is the true bread from heaven. Verse 33 for the bread of God 
is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, from now on, give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and you still do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of, I shall lose none of all that he has given me, but, pray, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes him shall have eternal life and will raise him up at the last day. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word. Lord, we pray that our ears hear what you need to hear from your gospel. I pray for anyone in this room today, Lord, for any relationships that needed to be mended, any marriages that needed to be mended, any financial needs, Lord. We pray that in your name. Amen. Just want to talk a little bit about a couple things that's that's on my heart. This message today that we're talking about is is how to grow closer. Everybody in here, a lot of the, a lot of the people here, the, the Jews, they're, they're used to, to doing works. They were told to do things. Um, so I want to talk about growing closer to Jesus and how to move towards him and just letting him in your heart. Because we all know when Jesus comes into your heart, it's, just, it's a beautiful thing that happens. You don't have to do difficult things or say, I have done too much wrong in my life. It's never too late. I've talked to people that have come in, including myself. I've done things in my life I'm ashamed of. I wish I never would have done. Um, but it's never too late to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. There's people that come through these doors weekly that we, we meet with, we pray with, and they're like, man, you don't understand where I've been. You don't know what I'm doing. We're like, no, this, this Bible says right here, it's never too late. You can have a true relationship with Jesus Christ. We all need to be persistent with spending time with Jesus, and we, not, we need to try as much as possible. I'm not saying quit your job, ignore your family, and read the Bible all day. I'm starting out with, and I know some of you here, you read your Bible quite a bit. You read your Bible probably one hour, two hours, three hours, four hours a day. Praise God for that. That's incredible. But there's some people here, including myself, I wish I could read my Bible every day, but life gets hold of you and you get busy. Let's just say you start with five minutes a day. Those five minutes can literally change the next 23 hours and 50 minutes of your day. Um, I don't know what the odds are on that. I don't know how that works, but it's pretty good. Some of you are taking out your calculators too right now. I can see you back there. Give me that question, that answer when you get it. So many times I personally will read a devotional. um, And again, I'm not boasting about myself here. I'm boasting about the Lord. It's all about him. He gets all the glory. Some days I'll read a devotional and I'll be like, man, I wish I would have read this this morning because I really messed up this situation that I was in today. I didn't enter it with a, with a, with a godly vision. Um, any devotional takes about five minutes. I mean, we, even, we were going to do a little illustration up here and have my family up here and get a round table and chairs and read a devotional. It's like five to seven minutes. That's even with discussion time. 
You know, it, 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 it's awesome stuff. Um, stay persistent. Uh, again, don't quit spending daily time with him. Trust in him. I love persistence. I absolutely love persistence. little story I've got. Um, my wife, years ago, wanted to work at a, a bird clinic, Aloha Pet and Bird Hospital up the street here. And they had a sign up there, and she went there to, to apply. And she went there, she got home. We had an apartment that time. I seen her pull up, and I could tell just by her demeanor, she was, you know, kind of like, didn't, didn't look like it went well. So she comes in, and she says, no, they're not hiring me. It's, you know, you have to have experience. I said, that's all right. Go back tomorrow. And she's like, no way. You're crazy. They just told me that you need experience. So after lovingly arguing with my wife, I, <laughs> I talked her into going back the next day. She goes back the next day, comes back. When she pulled in this time, man, I'm talking, it was a quick park, and she was marching towards me. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my goodness, what now? She came in. She's like, I can't believe you made me go. They told me no again. I feel, like, you know, I feel terrible. You know, don't you understand? And she's like, what are you smoking anyways while I'm gone on these, <laughs> these trips? You've got to be out of your mind. They told me No. So I said, it's okay, go back again tomorrow. This is a true story. I said, go back again tomorrow. Where I'm going with this is we all need to rely on Jesus every day of our life. Always rely on him. Always stay persistent with him in reading his word or just spending time with him. So she goes, and um, she comes back the third time. She had a little different walk. You know, she said, you know what? They're, they like it that I keep coming, and they're... <laughs> I've got no experience, but they're, they're going to try me out for one week, and they're going to see what happens. The second day she was on the payroll, and it's been 22 years she's been working there. Um, part of that was selfishness, because we have a lot of animals. Just figuring maybe we'll get some discounts out of that. Again, what we just read was Jesus talking to the people there, the Jews. He's telling them how to grow towards him and build a relationship with Jesus Christ. They ask, they ask give us steps in the scripture. They ask, give us steps or keys to the supernatural life. Give us your 7 to 10 or 12-step program, because we all like those quick 7 to 10, 12-step programs. You read it, you get in, you read it, you're done. Um, they wanted steps and signs. Well, that's just humanity. That's just, that's just how we are. So they're saying, give us signs that are real. They, do, they want to do works, and Jesus is frustrating them by all he's saying to them, here's all you need to do is trust in me. Believe in me. Trust in me. Believe in me. Um. You should sit still and do the things. Don't get me wrong. You should still do things. You should still do some works and stuff. You should still do things for your neighbors. It's not just all about me. I accept Jesus. I'm saved. No. We've got to all do things for other people in our neighborhoods, in, in our church, in the community, for schools, anywhere you can help out and give a helping hand. That's why we have the, like the Stephen Ministry program. You've got people going in the stranger's house just to... To, for them to love on people. That's an exciting ministry. We're really excited about that. So they say, prove it. 
And show us another sign. Show us another sign like our fathers ate manna. This was a total setup. Jesus, had, they walked right into this. It was the perfect setup by Jesus. They say our forefathers ate the bread that came down from heaven. So can you do something like that? You want to talk about bread. That wasn't Moses that gave you that bread. That was love. That was grace. That was mercy. That was the, that was the father who gave you that. That bread was sent, was, true bread was sent from the Father. But if you partake in it, you will have everlasting life. Jesus becomes a part of your life when you accept him into it. A friend of mine, we were talking last night, you know, the whole analogy here is the bread, I'm the bread of the life, ingest me, take me in. Um, it's no different than we, when we eat real food. You're taking it. It's part of your body. It's the same thing with Jesus Christ. When you let him into your life, he becomes a part of you. You become a part of him. Jesus is the true bread. Jesus is saying, hello, you know, I'm right here. You're asking, where is the true bread? I'm right here. I am your bread. We want signs and steps, but God offers a Savior. Hallelujah to that. God offers a Savior, Jesus Christ. He gives us someone who we can trust. They were, they were all asking for signs and works and things to do. And Jesus simply says here, the work is just to trust in me, rely on me, lean with me, believing in me, spend your time with me. Talking to the Jews, and for many years, they were always told what to do. So again, he's just telling them, you don't need that real big to-do list. Trust in me. Believe in me. To believe in God is to ingest him in you. We are all not here today just to show up. We didn't come here just to show up. We came here to feel his presence. And what a great place to feel his presence. Of course, you can feel his presence anywhere. It doesn't just have to be in a church. Um, isn't it awesome when you feel his presence? Sometimes during worship, you can be raising your hands, closing your eyes. You get the goosebumps. It can be in a conversation you're having about Jesus. You just feel his presence. And when you feel that presence of Jesus Christ, it is the most awesome point of the day that any of us could have. The metaphor for bread is much different today than it was then. We eat bread everywhere. You know, Jesus is comparing, he's, he's the bread of life. Today we eat bread everywhere, in your car, in a plane, in a train, riding your bike, at the beach, subway. There's, there's bread everywhere. Back then, bread had a quicker shelf life, and it took time to make it. You had to, you had to relax. You had to relax. You had to take time to make that bread. And people would fellowship and talk about stuff when they made the bread. Nowadays, there's so much preservatives in bread that it can last longer than most of our grandparents. That's a whole other matter I could talk about on some of the food that we ingest and we eat. But um, So G again, Jesus is just saying, it's a process, relax with me and enjoy me. He was saying you need to relax, recline, slow down. Again, digest him, take him in. They ask him about trust. How do you trust someone? 
let's talk about trust. How do you know if you can trust someone? We all know we can trust Jesus Christ. But, Sean, how do you know when you can trust someone? You know, we've had some neighbors that just moved in a, a year and a half ago. And after spending like a couple times talking to them, my wife and I are like, wow, these could be really trustworthy people. Um, how do you know to trust? I mean, some people, you might say, that guy's weird. I ain't trusting him, you know? You just, you don't know. How do you trust? You trust your truster. You just, you just trust. When you know when you trust somebody. So when Jesus is wanting to get into your heart, you absolutely know you can't trust him. Real quick about um, Joe and Christy. He was always asking me to go uh, to the Grant Seafood Festival. He's like, man, it's coming up. You and your wife, kids, you got to go. I'm like, man, it's way across the bridge. I don't want to go out there. I like it here where I'm at on the beach. It's quiet. I love it out there. Don't get me wrong. It's just me being selfish. I can be very selfish. Didn't want to make that drive. So he says to me, if you come out to there, because I was trying to get him to come to our church for weeks and weeks and weeks and months, and he was trying to get me to go out there for weeks and weeks and months. We kept saying, come on. So I asked him, and he says, I'll tell you what. He says, if you go to the Grant Seafood Festival, I'll come to your church. I knew I could trust him on that, and he followed through, and he came. And again, this isn't about me. I'm boasting in the Lord. He's been here every single Sunday now for probably five months now. So I knew I could trust him on the little dilemma that we had there. So when do you let Jesus into your heart, you will understand the definition of trust. With me, God showed up one day because I kept knocking on his door, and I have trusted him ever since. Again, I'm not boasting. This is all about the Lord. I'm just telling you where my heart is. And when that day happened and I did accept Jesus Christ into my life, it it was just a beautiful, beautiful day. Don't get me wrong. I still have plenty of bad days. My wife will tell you that. You know, my biggest prayer is I, I thank God every day for her putting up with me. That's a job in itself. Jesus also said, I am the bread of life. This is the first I am that was recorded in the book of John. It's very significant. This is a very significant I am the bread. Later on, he goes on to say, I am the light of the world. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the good shepherd. So again... Jesus is the bread of life. He chose that in the first part of this scripture. This scripture is also the second largest uh, chapter in the Bible. Jesus had a lot to say. He had a lot to say here. He says all these things. I am, but the first one again is I am the bread. This This begins with internalizing and digesting, getting Jesus into your heart and into your soul. Mary and I have two children. Um, let's talk about intuitive. When our, children, when our children are born, when all of our children are born, they're on their own for quite a while, quite some time. You know, you've got to change their diapers, you've got to feed them, uh, you've got to wipe up their poop, all that stuff that we do as parents. Um, as they get a little older, like when you sit them in one of those chairs and you strap them in for the first time and they're done with the bottle... And you put a little bit of food there. You know, their head's kind of bobbling at it. And and you see their hand trying to figure out whether you have a little piece of bread or you have a little uh, piece of banana or a little Cheerio. 
You know, they look at it and they get it. When they grab it, they know where to put it. They don't try to put it in their ear. They don't try to put it in their nose. They just automatically, God made them that way. They know to put it. And some of you are laughing because I know some kids have probably done that, <laughs> including mine. I just don't remember that. So they, it's just, it's in them. God, God built so many things in us that it's just built that way so they know to put it in there. Um, but when, okay, also, I just want to talk again about five minutes. Just, again, take some time, spend time with the Lord on a daily routine. Stay routine with it. Because, again, that five minutes can change the next 23 hours and 50 minutes of your day. My big, again, I told you about my biggest thank you prayer. That's my wife putting up with me, and I'm so thankful for so many other things. I've got an awesome mom. I've got the best mom in the whole world. Um, she is incredible. We just had a great talk last week, cried a little bit. We prayed at the end. Um, she's an amazing woman. I'm so blessed to have my mom in my life, too. Um, we don't know why some prayers are answered and why some are not. We just don't. I can't tell you that. Nobody can tell you that. We don't understand his ways. Um, his ways are different than us. We don't know. Um, I actually prayed on something for 10 years. 10 years, roughly. I knew it was a long time. It was years. It was probably a decade, 10 years. I was doing things in my life that I should not have been doing. I was doing things in the world that I should not have been doing. Um, Prayed on it, prayed on it. Back then, this is before I started reading my Bible, I knew, I knew who God was, um, but I didn't have a relationship with him. And it wasn't until I started reading my Bible and spending daily time with him to where I started getting relationship with him. Again, I prayed on these issues for 10 years, 10 years. And I woke up one morning, and again, I'm not boasting about myself. This is all about God, all about the Lord. I woke up one day, and I just felt like, wow, I just felt new. And he took all those issues from me. He just came down that night and grabbed them, took them, gone. It was was an amazing, amazing day. Back to praying, there's um, a lot of people like to pray with people. Some people like to pray out loud. Um, When we were in... When our church used to be called the Way Church, it was in the hotel here, the Hilton. We had about 75 to 100 people then, one service. And we had this thing called family time. Before Jason would preach, we'd get little pods of 10 or 15 people, and we'd make a circle, and we'd all hold hands. Well, I, my wife and I just became greeters, and we had little badges on with our name. I thought, woo I'm cool, you know. I got a badge. My name's on it. I represent this church. Yeah, right. Um, so we get in this circle one day, and my daughters were in the, called the Little Rippers, which it still is. They'd go there every Sunday, and they were liking it. And one day, my daughter Lucia says, hey, Daddy, um, I don't want to go in the Little Rippers. I want to uh, come out and pray with the big people. Well, I didn't know what her agenda was, but back then, we used to smoke cigarettes. So I'm thinking, oh, how cute. You want to pray with us, you know? Pray with the big people. She gets there. We form this big circle, and everybody, the adults are praying for needs in their life, and then Lucia starts praying. She's holding hands. Father God, Lord, I pray that my mom and dad quit smoking them cigarettes. <laughs> you talk about a guy's face turning red. I mean, I was what do you do with that, you know? You can't get mad at a child for that. 
But our prayer was answered. We've been non-smokers now for six years, something like that. Um, yeah. It's, um, that was a blessing right there, absolutely. Okay, now I'm going to move to point number one. You're probably thinking, wow, he's just now starting his first point. We're going to be here a while. <laughs> Clock's ticking. These are going to go fairly quick. Again, growing towards the sun. Fill yourself with his word. Mark 7.27. First, let the children eat all they want, he told her. For it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. What's going on here is there was this uh, Greek woman, and she had a daughter that was, that was demon-possessed. This is things that really happened back then, and, and I truly believe it still happens present day. She was demon-possessed. She was totally demonized. And the woman was pleading to Jesus to heal her daughter. She's like, Jesus, please, please heal my daughter. Jesus says to her, let the children be filled first, meaning let the children partake in him, in his bread. Let the children be filled first. He just called his message and his ministry the children's bread. And he just called the gospel the children's bread. Let the children be filled first. Now let's jump to Mark 10, 15. Have a childlike faith. Mark 10, 15. I tell you the truth. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. The children, there's lots of children there. These children are coming to Jesus. Jesus is preparing to put his hands on them and bless the children. He had a bunch of kids around. The disciples shoo the children away, just shoo them away. They're like, stay away, stay away from Jesus. Jesus was very displeased. This is a rare moment where you'll hear about Jesus, rare moment about him getting displeased. This is one of the incidents where he was very upset. You, again, you'll very rarely hear Jesus being upset in his life of ministry. And do not forbid them, for such is the kingdom of heaven. Listen to his words as surely, as a surely. I say you make no doubt about it. What I tell you is the truth. Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, you won't get it. Unless you receive him, unless you receive him, My children, again, my children could not even walk. I mean, they, they couldn't even do things when they were little. But when you put that bread in front of them, they intuitively knew what to do. We're wired that way. That's how God built us. You hear Jason talking a lot about DNA. We were all wired that way. It's intuitive that we were just wired that way. We were wired to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Some of us fight it. Some of us ignore it. Some of us say, oh, I'm going to wait a while. We were wired for it. It's just there. It's, it's built in us. Don't you know that all creation and all that we know was made to put here, 
Everything about God, was, everything he know about Him, we were made to put it here in our hearts and our soul. Again, we were all wired for this, totally wired for it. There is something on the inside of you that is reaching out to Him, whether you realize it or not. We all are reaching out to God, growing towards Him to grow in the direction of Him. Again, we were built this way, and it's intuitive, so don't complicate it. Don't make it hard. It's very simple, just to partake in the bread. Digest Jesus. Receive Jesus. That's where the power is. That's where the maturity is when you let him into your life. That's where the growth is. That's where the development is when you do start letting him into your life. That's where life begins. You can partake of him because, again, you were wired for it. I believe every human being, even the ones that, that say they don't believe in, in God, I, I, I believe somewhere in there they have something in them. And for whatever reason, maybe they thought you know, God did this and I... Uh, I don't believe that. I believe every single one of us, even people that say they're non-believers, I believe somewhere in there they believe in Christ. Again, we're all just wired that way. My last point. Growing toward the sun. Mature through his word. 1 Corinthians 13, 11. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. Paul is not talking about infancy, and he's not talking about physical childhood. He's talking about spiritual, spiritual childhood. He's talking about pre-Jesus. He's talking about pre-gospel, just like I was talking about earlier about our lives, too. He's referencing his days when he trusted on his own. And we all know when we try to do something by ourselves without the Lord. I don't know about y'all. I usually fall on, myself, fall on my face. Conversation doesn't go well or whatever I wanted to do doesn't go well. Uh, he, put things, he put things like law mentality, work mentality, doing it on my own mentality. He's actually referencing again becoming like a child. He became a man when he took the children's bread. My passion for my family and for you all in this church and for everybody in this community and all the churches on the Space Coast, my passion is that we all grow towards him. We spend time with him. We talk about him. We shine his light. We share about him with other people. Um, I really want to know Jesus better. I want to know him better every day. I try to know him better. I want to act like him. I want to walk like him. Of course, nobody will ever do that. He's Jesus Christ. No man or woman will ever do that. I want to look like him. I'm 49 years old, and I still can't grow a beard, so I guess that'll never happen. You get all these ball spots. My wife will say, you know what? You need to shave because you just ain't looking too cute right now. Um, so that's it. At this time, I'd like to dim the lights. And with all that was said today, here in the gospel, um, all heads bowed at this time. If anybody would like to um, accept Jesus into their life, 
If anybody would like to just say, you know what, I, I want a fresh start. I want to recommit my life to Jesus. If anybody would just like to say, you know what, I want to start reading my Bible more. I really want to make that commitment. If that's you, I'm going to count to three. And on three, just raise your hand. One, two, three. Yes, hands going up. Awesome. Awesome. This is awesome. So with that, let's pray. And specifically, if you raised your hand and you wanted to dedicate your life to the Lord. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive my sin and save me from eternal separation from God. By faith, I accept your work and death on the cross as sufficient payment for my sin. Thank you for providing the way for me to know you and to have a relationship with my Heavenly Father. Through faith in you, I have eternal life. Thank you also for hearing my prayers and loving me unconditionally. Please give me the strength and wisdom and the determination to walk in the center of your will. In Jesus' name, amen.